Hi everyone, today we have Albert Scott, who's been a nurse for about 15 months in the ICU. He's just starting CRNA program soon, just got accepted. He's also part of the US military. Please welcome Albert Scott. Um, he's gonna be our guest today for the podcast. So welcome, how are you doing Albert? Hello, thank you for having me, I'm doing well. So um, tell me a little bit more about, I, I kind of haven't had the chance to really talk to you much about your experience as a nurse. So if you don't mind uh, giving us a little more about your nursing background and what made you want to go into CRNA and nurse anesthesia. Okay. Um, so I guess to start, I guess ever since I've, I started in the, um, the medical career field, I've always been fascinated with anesthesia and always knew that that's what I wanted to pursue. I guess I was first introduced to the career field um, in nursing school. I was supposed to be shadowing the, the OR nurse. Um, however, like all of my attention was drawn to the, the head of the bed. Um, I can't remember at that time whether or not it was a anesthesiologist or a, um, a nurse anesthetist, but um, you know, from intubating to, you know, pushing medications, um, to extubating, to, you know, managing the airway, all those things, it was just something that, that was very attractive to me from the beginning. And then I um, pursued, like, more research about it and, you know, learned about CRNAs, did a lot of shadowing. And, you know, like I said, from the beginning, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do, you know, having that autonomy, um, you know, working in the um, critical aspects of um, basically uh, patient care is what is what attracted me. Um, so I, I graduated nursing school in 2014. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually in the military for about five years or so um, prior to me graduating nursing school. I went through a a commissioning program that um, allowed me to stay active duty while I went to school for two years, finished the last two years of my bachelor's degree, and um, they paid my tuition for school. Um, so after I graduated, um, I went through a almost like a internship or externship um, about 10 weeks in Tampa, Florida. And then I went to my, my first base um, as a nurse in Alaska, there I started off in the in the PACU and the um, the ambulatory procedure area. So we did pre-ops before surgery, um, you know, get patients ready, um, and then they would go to the OR, and then we recover them, and we also would do like the phase two process, um, a discharge. And you know, while I was there, that increased my um, increase my desire to become uh, a nurse anesthetist also because it was, I was kind of working hand in hand with them every day. I had a chance to shadow even more. Um, they let me go back in the OR and um, I tried to intubate, but it didn't work out so well. <laughs> but I did, did place a few LMAs. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So that's what you're going to be learning now. And, um, <laughs> you're excited about that. I, you yeah. know, that's interesting though. So, I mean, so when you were in nursing school and you went to clinicals, that was the one 
focus that you had is is that why you wanted to pack you or you had any other reason to start off your nursing career in pack you were you always well, interested in PACU? well in the military there's i guess there's two routes you can take um as a as a brand new nurse so they either want you to go almost like the medical surgical route or the mm. ob route so you have to pretty much start off that way at least that's that's how it was when um, when i graduated so if you choose you said the chose, ob or medical surge that's correct really so um i chose the, the medical surgical route and at that time there was a an overage of like brand new nurses in the medical surgical floor so uh, my chief my chief nurse um is basically like the nursing director for you know our, our hospital um said that there was a, a shortage in like the the PACU so for me as a brand new nurse I would spend um half my time it was a three-year tour so I, was, so I was supposed to spend half my time in the PACU area and then the last half in medical surgical and so um that's why I went to PACU first Oh, so when did you decide, uh, did you have ICU experience or ER after that to now right away? Okay. So when you went into PACU at that time, I'm sure you were still considering CRNA school, right? The school you were looking at, did they have any expectation if they wanted or, uh, ER or ICU, were you looking at that time and how did you transfer over to that? Uh, did you wait a bit before you tried for that? So with the just to back up a little bit, just with my commitment for having the military pay for my, my nursing education, I owed them mm -hmm. four years, four years of service. So I knew that, I mean, obviously I knew that I wanted to, you know, go into anesthesia, but I wasn't sure exactly how, how I wanted to go about it because through the military, you have to spend, you know, at least two years like an inpatient sector and then you have to go through or you had to go through a one-year ICU fellowship and then you have to spend another, another at least another two years practicing as an ICU nurse before you can go through the military's um, anesthesia program. So, oh, that so was, it's minimum of two years in ICU. Uh, exact, exactly. So the one year fellowship and then two years, they call it time one station. Um, basically they want to recuperate, you know, the value of, of the training that you spent a year for. Um, oh, I didn't and, know that. That's interesting. Yeah, so, so that's how it was, um, you know, back then. So that was an option for me. Another mm -hmm. option was to try to obtain ICU experience, experience on the outside. So like in my free time, you know, to see if I can get a, an, a, a per diem or part-time job in ICU and, yeah. you know, ob obtain my experience that way. Um, however, that was, that was kind of hard as a brand new nurse and trying to work, you know, per diem because I had my full-time job in the military. That was a feat in its own because, you know, nobody wanted to um, give me an opportunity to, you know, learn ICU on a, a part-time basis which, you know, now that I'm in the ICU, I kind of understand why, because it's a lot. And, you know, only devoting, you know, a day or two a week at the most is, 
is uh, not really feasible, um, you know, for someone brand new to the ICU. So that was an option. And my third option was to, um, you know, try to separate from the military, um, you know, get my ICU experience that way, and then uh, apply to school. So for a while, you know, I was contemplating all different avenues. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, <laughs> probably about four years later that I decided um, upon, you know, the route that I took now. So which which route did you chose off three? Did you decide to stick with the military or are you doing, did you do PRN? How so did you decide I, to get your full ICU? Yeah, so I tried to do the, the PRN ICU, but none of the hospitals around basically you know, give me opportunity to, to work as a yeah. brand new nurse um, in the ICU. I could have, they did offer me like step down positions. Um, and they said, you know, I can work that for some time and then maybe I can, um, you know, transition into an ICU. But um, at, at the time, I just didn't feel like that was the, the best thing to do. And, and that probably would have prolonged my, my tour in Alaska um so it was yeah. a, a three-year tour so i decided not to do that but um i basically finished out my military commitment after alaska i was in alaska for three years and then i went to a, a small clinic in um in california for about eight months and then um long story short i left active duty transition to the reserves and you know mm -hmm. before i left active duty i I secured an ICU position at a local hospital. And so I started working there pretty much immediately to get my, my ICU experience. Oh, wow. Okay. So did you have a school in mind when you got out or at that time you started researching? How do you, what plans did you take besides, I assume that your focus, it seems that was always to get into ICU, meet your requirements. Did you do anything additional at that time to, um, to make sure that you got into the program or what steps did you take to get to that, you know, next step of being a CRNA? Um, so I, I've been looking at schools, you know, <laughs> for years now. Um, I guess for a long time, I was most interested in the, um, the military's um, anesthesia program. And, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of the, the CRNAs in, in the military come from you know, for come from that school. And a, a lot of them were telling me how that school was pretty much, you know, one of the best, you know, superior yeah. to, to most of the civilian schools. They teach you to be independent. Um, basically, it's tuition free and they pay you while you're going to school. So, you know, a lot of my focus was, was there. And, um, you know, I was trying to get recommendations from from them about, you know, other schools that they thought were pretty comparable. And, you know, I searched online, um, like all nurses.com, you yeah. know, followed a few people on social media, you know, about their experiences to, you know, kind of get an idea of a few civilian schools that were, you know, comparable. Um, I had, I had, I had a few civilian schools in mind, but, um, honestly, I, I just wanted to get in school, you know, they, other people did tell me also that, you know, school is, is what you make of it. So yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very motivated. I'm very determined. And, you know, I, 
I, I consider myself, you know, putting a lot more effort um, into it than than the average person. So, like, my main thing was just to get in school and, you know, if it's not the best, then, you know, I'll make the best of it and go above and beyond the requirements to, you know, kind of make up for it. Um, so that was my plan as far as choosing the school to kind of separate myself um, and prepare myself to get into school. Um, I did take the, the GRE, um, I think once or twice while I was during my four-year commitment, um, really just to kind of see how it was to get a feel. It wasn't mm -hmm. like I was, I was really um, studying a lot for it. I just wanted to kind of see see what the test was like initially because yeah. I wasn't sure when I was going to start school. I mean, at that time I didn't have ICU experience. So I wasn't extremely motivated to do well on the GRE at that time. I just wanted to get a feel for it. I mean, I did okay. I got like the average score, but um, like I said, that was my main purpose. Um, other things that I did to kind of separate myself was to attend all the, you know, the nursing training I could. Um, so I, you know, I took. I did you do CCRN and stuff too? Well, at that time I, I didn't have um, oh, ICU, ICU experience. So I didn't do uh, CCRN, but I got my medical, um, medical surgical national certification, like, like the oh, RNBC and the CMS RN. I got both of those and um, I got, TNCC, things of that nature. Um, I took uh, the ECHO course. It's like essentials for critical care orientation. Some some hospitals require you know that you do it as a, a new nurse to the ICU. Um, so I did that before I actually um, had a position in any ICU whatsoever. So just things like that prior to me actually starting to work in the ICU um, is what I did. Um, but your main focus seems like it's always been like you never considered uh, and that's something I want to ask you like did you ever consider going to nurse practitioner none of that was on your mind ever huh um nurse practitioner, <laughs> practitioner I probably considered it maybe for a week or two when I was in nursing school <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know because I, I feel like you know at some point you know everybody kind of toys with the idea you know at least just a little bit but from yeah. from what I I gathered um I just didn't feel like the education from yeah. like that did at you least shadow what I saw someone? what's that for a nurse practitioner did you ever shadow someone or did you so you said um when you went into the OR as a nursing student and you saw you know an anesthesiologist did you actually shadow someone you uh and were with them at times. I know you tried to intubate and pack you. Was that mm -hmm. kind of your shadow experience? And also, how did you compare that with nurse practitioner, or did you ever approach that in similar fashion? Um, so in nursing school, I didn't get it. I shadowed like that the first time when I was introduced to it, and I think probably in my um, in my senior year, I had another opportunity to shadow. Um, mm. uh, an anesthetist in in the OR maybe like two 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 times. When I went to my first base, um, and I was working in the PACU during the, those three years, I shadowed like all the time. I come in on my days off, 
it to shadow i mean like mm -hmm. several like several times not just once or twice i mean a lot um That's i great. yeah i'd stay late i'd um i'd even ask some of them to like if they're going to be on call um i tell them i say hey like let me know if you get called in you know i'll i'll come i'll come yeah. to the hospital and i'll meet you too so you know i wanted to see what like that that on-call experience was like and um i didn't mention but i was also working per diem in an endoscopy mm. clinic um while i was in alaska in a civilian hospital um it was a level two trauma and they only had anesthesiologists but um when you know we did like gi procedures we did um like pulmon pulmonology procedures yeah. bronx and things like that and um you know for patients who were like asa3 and above you know we'd have a anesthesiologist there and um you know i pick their brains all the time because we're kind of working hand in hand with them and mm. um we, i was there for those cases and then on my days off you know i'd ask them if i could come shadow them on you know other cases so i had opportunity to um to see like a uh, a ruptured um aortic dissection um so mm -hmm. that was yeah that was extremely interesting um so yeah i i had i probably sh i was think that i shadowed probably more than 95 percent of you know srnas or people considering going into to anesthesia um that's great as, man looks like yeah you put a lot of time in there, so oh, yeah. um, seem very determined to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I know we kind of had a little bit of talk about your experience with the interview. You you still have only applied to that one school we talked a bit about, right? I actually applied to, to three schools. Um, oh, you did? Okay. Yes, I did. I applied to three schools. Um, the first school I applied to... Um, did grant me an interview and, and as you know I was accepted there um, I applied to another school and they granted me an interview however I had already had acceptance to you know my my first school yeah and I decided not to go on that interview because um, you know the, the program has only been you know only been around for like a year or so and yeah, you know, they, I they, you yeah, they kind of give me a lot of details on, you know, as far as numbers and um, I think they had like one CRNA only site and, um, you know, they didn't have like test scores or attrition rates. Just a lot of stuff was, was up in the air. So if I had to compare, you know, even if I was accepted to that school, um, I still would have went with my, you know, the, the, the first choice anyway. Um, yeah. which I already had acceptance to. So I don't, I didn't feel like it was necessary for me to, to go on that interview. And, um, I mean, third... I kind of thought about it after, you know, you and I had talked about it, like to bring about the point that you made, I think it, it really honestly depends more on the student than, um, how this, yeah, you, you gotta have good clinical sites because some may limit you from doing a certain thing independently, you know, like if you go to a highly micromanaged site, they may not allow you to do center lines or regional NOB and stuff. Mm -hmm. But as long as your school is there that um, has accreditation and you actually have the staff to teach you the right material, 
the reason I rethought, uh, you know, like it was kind of reconsidering what I was talking to you about earlier about um, a school having some sort of a trouble keeping faculty and then you are worried as a student, am I going to get the best education? The thing is like, I mean, you, even when I was in school and we had a fairly good, like I look back at it, it was a great school, but they really made you study on your own. Like you, you really mm -hmm. had to put in your time into the books and go in more detail than they're teaching you because not everything is going to be on the PowerPoints. So I think I agree with you. Like if you really put in the time and effort, then as a student, you're more likely to succeed in any scenario rather than being a student who's in a good school but doesn't put in the time. So yeah. I think you probably are in a good situation looking back at our conversation that we had a while back. Yeah, I, I hope so. And um, you know, I'm definitely the type of person who's going to you know, go above and beyond because you know this is something that you know, I really want and have wanted for so long. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope, you know, as long as I put the best foot forward, people see that and, you know, be, be willing to, you know, give me everything or, you know, show me um, additional things that I need based upon, you know, the motivation level that I, I show to them. So, yeah. <clears throat> so how was your interview? Oh, the interview you... was, the interview was great. <laughs> it was, um, it, I, I had heard like some chatter about how it it may may be but it mm -hmm. was it was um it was extremely relaxed and um yeah it was, it was really like a conversation so to begin um you know they had like a a conference room where you know everybody all the applicants um you know kind of met and it was only maybe uh -huh. you know about two or three at a time you know based upon your interview time and in this conference room, there were current students in the conference room um, also. So their job was basically to, you know, kind of allay any fears that we had and answer, answer any questions about, you know, their experience in the program. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, about classes, about clinicals, about the faculty, anything. And so that was before the interview or you yeah, had a chance yeah. after. Oh, that was yeah, before. Yeah, before so, before and after. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you did you have um how many people were interviewing you at the time? And you know, uh when you went in, I'm assuming you went in by yourself. What kind of uh setup did they have at that time? Did you have a few people or was it like a round table kind of situation? Because I know some um, of the schools do that. So it was, it was basically the, the entire faculty, um, oh, really? interview, oh, interviewed okay. me. I mean, it, it wasn't, it's not a big faculty, <laughs> but, um, it oh, was, really? so, <laughs> no, so it was, I, I guess it was supposed to be, so they have like the program director, I think like an assistant director and two, um, two teachers who were, who were scheduled to interview you. The program director okay. had a, had a meeting. Um, so she wasn't there for the majority of my interview she kind of came in at the tail end so i did interview okay. with like the associate director and um two of the instructors um it's just a you know a small room you know table in front of us <clears throat> you know the questions were pretty laid back you know obviously you know starting off by um, you know asking them to tell asking them or asking me to tell them a little bit about myself 
Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, pretty, pretty generic questions, no clinical questions whatsoever. Um, really? It seemed like they, yeah, it just seemed like they really wanted to find someone who had a personality that, that fit into their, their program. So they asked me like why I wanted to be a CRNA, why that program in particular, um, why, why should they choose me over, um, over other candidates? Mm-hmm. Um, how, cause it's like a Christian or faith-based school, you know, how, how that would affect, um, affect my learning, if any. Um, let me see what other questions do they have. Um, they asked me if I had any questions about the program, but I mean, yeah, it was pretty, pretty basic questions, um, you know, for the most part. So it seems like they were looking at you more as a person than a clinical provider at that time. I mean, you know, mine was kind of similar, even though I would say not everyone had the same experience. As far as I remember, they barely asked me one or two clinical questions, but majority of them were really, how are you going to manage things while you're in school? And, you know, um, Mm -hmm. in general, like what your personality is to deal with situation under stress. I think that was the one question they asked me was, um, how I dealt with a stressful situation. They threw a scenario at me and then expect, you know, kind of let you walk yourself through it and manage it. So it kind of seems like they're more worried about the right type of people going into the programs than um, someone who already has the knowledge, which shouldn't really be expected because, I mean, as you're going to probably find out, I think CRNA and nursing is a totally different field. You know, Mm -hmm. anesthesia is... um, somewhat beneficial to have ICU experience, you know, because if you've uh, developed that comfort with um, patients that aren't as stable and you have some sort of, um, you know, stability when you manage those kind of patients. But I don't think that transfers over much over to anesthesia. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the drips and all, yeah, sure, they're helpful. So it seems like that's what they were kind of going for even with you, you know, like they want to know how disciplined you are and like what your real motivation is. Now, would you recommend and did you actually do this where you researched the school that you were going for an interview when they asked you specifically, hey, why did you choose this school? What was what kind of answer did you give them that? I mean, I'm sure you researched the school. Oh, oh yeah, I, I researched the school for um, quite some time and, you know, actually a person that you know, I follow on social media, um, mm-hmm. went, went to that school and I followed him the, you know, the entire time. And I asked oh, okay. questions, I asked questions to him while he was in school. So I, I've been, I never like heard of the school before he went there, but, uh-huh. you know, um, you know, asking him questions all along the way, um, about the program, about, you know, how his experiences were, um, attracted me to the school. I also interviewed, I'm sorry, I also um, emailed the program director, um, I think it was almost two years ago, actually, you know, with, with a bunch of questions, um, you know, from, you know, case numbers for, you know, ASA threes and above, central lines, nerve blocks, spinals, you know, all of that, because it wasn't on the website. I asked about, oh, um, okay. Yeah, I asked about any competition, you know, with um, with residents, um, 
you know, whether or not they paid for, um, you know, travel, you know, the, the clinical sites um, about, you know, trauma experience or code experience. So I had like 15 questions, you know, that I, I, you know, created a document, emailed and, you know, they answered and sent it back to me. So I had a very, a very good idea of the type mm. of program, you know, I was, I was applying to. Um, and so basically, um, you know, I just kind of expressed that to them. And I think they were pretty, pretty impressed with how much I did know about the program. Yeah. That's, that's really good that you did that. Now, I did something similar for whoever's listening. I think it's always beneficial to, like you did, you have to research the school because you need to have some idea on what it means to have clinical sites outside. You know, you got to travel or not. What I did was I, I sat in the class before me. So the year I went, I, I hadn't even interviewed at that time. I, I was just researching the school I was at and I sat in the class before me and um, kind of, try to get a hint of how their daily routine is. And then I got, you know, obviously a chance to talk to a lot of the senior students and it made a big difference because it told me a lot of good tips, which ended up being true when I was actually in school. Like most of them were saying biochemistry was very difficult for them. And so was it for me. Um, but I think that's really like, that really makes a good statement for the school itself. If they know you by face or at least know your name if you've sent emails with questions that you have more than just a kind of, you know, somewhat of an interest going there and that's not your primary thing, but you probably did yourself really big favor by asking them the questions. They probably remembered you even through those, you know, mm -hmm. so that's great. I think yeah. but what, what really like, so as a military, you know, nurse you want to go into a crna program that's highly independent right is Definitely. that something that this school kind of suggested or is providing you yes from you know from from what i gather um i, I feel like you know this this program is one that will you know kind of cater to that that type of crowd you know they're not um you know like they're not really they're not associated with um, uh, the anesthesiology uh, residency oh, program, okay. so that's mm. that was a, a plus for me. There's not really at our sites. I think we go to like maybe one level one trauma. I think pretty much every level one you go to, there's going to be you know residents there. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we only go to one, and that's I think that's the only place that you know we have residents at, and. Um, everywhere else is pretty much, you know, only SRNAs. There's multiple um, CRNA-only sites. Um, so, it, you know, it's something that I feel like they they are providing, um, you know, good experiences with, and they're advocating towards independence. Yeah, that's great. Are, are you, um, do you have a family? Um, are you married? I know that's a personal question, but I'm just curious as to how did you discuss with your family you know have you always brought this up that they know about because there's a lot of things to consider at a personal level too did you do any kind of planning on that end to uh, help you get through school um so i married no kids um and yeah she's she's been aware that 
I wanted this, you know, from the beginning too. I've always expressed my my interest with it. And um, mm. so she's very, she's very understanding. Um, also, I kind of feel like she's been um, almost like prepped for this also because, you know, with the military comes in its own, you know, set of challenges anyway. And yeah. so we have experiences, you know, kind of just picking up and moving to, you know, different, different areas of the country, you know, kind of starting all over, um, you know, and she was with me through through nursing school. I know nursing school is probably not near as, um, you know, arduous as CR, CRNA school, but I did have to, you know, devote a lot of time um, towards studying with that. So, you know, just couple, all those things coupled together and, you know, the conversations that we had, um, you know, kind of prepared, prepared her for this, um, this new move. Oh, and uh, did you seem like a very hardworking guy? Um, did how did you prepare financially? Did you are you and what are you planning on doing? I know military probably, um, you know, gives you some extra, you know, ways of managing your finances going through CRNA program or any kind of schooling for that matter. Did you plan a certain way that you're gonna save up? And how do you recommend for someone going through a planning for um, to take you know themselves through CRNA program that you recommend they should do uh, for financial stability? I know it's it, it's a pretty big challenge I think because at least for me I was in private school so it was way more expensive than it should have been. But um, yeah, I think how do you um, manage that? Yeah, I think everything is just about planning you know i'm a big i'm a big planner um i always have been um and also i'm not i've never really i've never been like much of a you know a big spender and frivolous with my money so i've, mm -hmm. I've saved for a long time and you know back when i finished nursing school um you know i always knew that i wanted to go back in school and prepare myself for you know whether it be through the military or not you know, I've, I've saved the, the entire time and, um, you know, just to prepare, you know, I've always, you know, had multiple jobs, um, you know, work more than, than the bare minimum. So that, that to me, yeah. that's the, the two most important things is, you know, spending less than, than what you earn. So definitely, you know, saving um, along the way and also, you know, taking that, that extra effort to, you know, make additional money, you know, if you're only, you're only required to work three days a week, you know, 12 hour shifts. I mean, yeah, you can take that time and, um, you know, have a, a bunch of free time for yourself. But, you know, if you're trying to get ahead of the game, you have to do more than, you know, the, the bare minimum. And I understand, yeah. you know, just maybe just doing your, your component, if you're studying for class or GRE or CCRN or something like that. But, you know, once you get those things accomplished, then, you know, instead of taking, you know, most of your extra time and, you know, just, uh, you know, being leisurely with it, I mean, try to devote some of that time towards, you know, making making some extra money and then using that money to, um, you know, kind of stockpile for you and prepare for school and the expenses that are going to come up. So those, that's yeah. my, my advice. Yes, the military did um, provide me with the GI Bill. So, um, that should, you know, take care of most of my tuition and also give me a, a stipend while I'm going to school. Um, 
other advice that I would probably say um, for people who are not familiar with it, yes, there are military options. You know, you can apply and go directly to a military anesthesia program where it's tuition free and they pay you while you're going to school. But, you know, there's a commitment on the back end. There's another mm -hmm. option to where you take like the military scholarship. And I think they'll pretty much pay for all the entire or not the entire program, but I think they pay for like two, two of the three years, um, the entire tuition and they give you a stipend, you know, maybe um, a little over $2,000 a month. And um, if you sign up for um, maybe like four years or something like that, they may give you um, an upfront bonus. So there's that option. There's other options as to work for a um, work in a rural area, you know, after you graduate mm -hmm. and, you know, they'll pay basically for most of your tuition, if not all of it. So I think you just kind of have to be, creative about how you're going to go about it you know like i said just be strategic and also i mean you don't have yeah. to go to the, the most expensive program either so you know there's programs that cost you know around one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and there's programs that may cost forty thousand. so i mean i think everything you just have to kind of kind of look at everything and uh make a plan plan for it yeah i think that's a that's a good tip I honestly didn't know about any of those military benefits. I mean, I, I paid for my schooling out of pocket, but I can relate to one thing, you know, just like you, I was, I had three ICU jobs and um, before I started school mm -hmm. and I was just like, you know, I was very frugal trying to save up. So, uh, and so I could pay off at least live off of um, things that I didn't have to take the loan out of at least just general living, you know, expenses. And then once I got out of school, I was, you know, I considered a place where you had loan repayment. So there mm -hmm. are always options because I think it's important because a lot of people that I've talked to that at least suggest that you're motivated to go to CRNA school that kind of seem to be put off by the financial aspect of it, which honestly, like it's not cheap. I would give him that. But then again, you're doing the right thing. You know, you have alternative plans on top of that. If you're being a CRNA and once you graduated, you put in the effort and you come out um, where you're making more money than generally your loan is overall, mm -hmm. you know, you should be able to pay that off pretty good because your return on investment of your time is fairly, fairly good. You know, exactly. CRNA is a well-paying job. So, but you seem like, man, you, I'm really happy to hear that. Honestly, like, I'll be honest, I'm not just saying this. There are a lot of people that don't have anything planned out to where, um, like, you have it. You know, you seem mm -hmm. like you have things in order, and that's the best thing you can get out is, like, you need to have things planned out. Get the best school that you can have, but figure that out on the basis of other than financial. You know, like, just paying more doesn't give you better education. You need to know do your research and make sure that you actually get the stuff that you need. But on that note, looks like you have had a lot of experience with CRNAs beforehand. You know, yes. that's the thing that I think I failed on. I didn't do that. I only mm -hmm. shadowed one anesthesiologist and a pulmonologist recommended for me to go to CRNA school and I should have done more of the research. So I think that's something that you did really well. 
like um, it's important for people to research their school and then you don't need to you don't need to um, look at 50 schools and apply at 50 different schools because you know the one you want to go to so exactly, exactly. That's, that's great what are, what are you when do you start school again in august oh this year yeah so at at this time how are you preparing for that are you doing anything like is there something that you are concerned about going into um you know like education wise that you feel like would is your weak point and how are you working about fixing that if you are um you know from from all the people i've talked to um you know for years i've always asked like you know what should i do you know, to prepare for, for school before going in and things like that. And, you know, it seems like the general consensus is just, you know, just, just relax, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, school, yeah. school's going school's gonna to be tough enough. Um, you know, I'm not going to have any free time. So, you know, just kind of take the time, relax, um, prepare yourself financially, um, you know, spend time with your family, things like that, because, you know, for three years, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have any time whatsoever. So that's, for the most part, that's pretty much what I'm trying to do, just trying to, you know, get things in order logistically as far as the move, um, uh-huh. you know, benefits, car registration, you know, things like that, you know, taking time to vacation um, and, you know, just trying to uh, work a little bit extra also to, to save. But yeah. As far as from an educational standpoint, um, I mean, yeah, I am, um, you know, just trying to get, I I mean, I've always been this type of person where I try to go above and beyond, um, you know, in the educational Mm -hmm. standpoint in in my job, you know, because I want to be the best that I can be. However, I'm not like going and reading, you know, Mac and Milk, the books, (laughs) you know, all that thing, because I know I'm going to get enough of that. So, yeah, I think, I mean, Dude, I'll be honest, like when I was in school, it was getting to the point where it's like you're doing that day in and day out for the number mm-hmm. of years you're in school. It, it just is like your life at that point. You're right. And I got the same suggestion when I was and I was honestly worried about biochemistry because so many people freaked me out. And I don't think chemistry at that time was my strongest because I hadn't taken it for so long. But mm-hmm. then again, you know, when the moment came and if you put in the effort, you know, it was challenging, but you get through it and you're, you know, you're, it's going to be the same now as it is then. So I think you're doing it right. You just need to give yourself time. Now you're in DNP program though, right? Is that all they're doing now? There Um, aren't any masters, right? Not, not at my school. I mean, I Mm. I have looked around and there are still a a few programs left out there, but yeah, Uh I think majority, majority of them are um, DNP or transitioning to it. Yeah, I think that's the new thing too. It's probably it's probably a good idea. I'm in DNP myself. I have been for a long time actually, but that's the problem with it. I started like I don't know four years ago, but I've just kind of mm-hmm. dragged along with it because you don't have a deadline now. You know, when you're done <laughs> and you're trying to do something, and I want to do it for teaching and stuff, but mm-hmm. there's nothing holding you to a deadline. You take however long you take, and that's that's been a problem for me. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm dragging. So it's probably good that you're doing that. Um, yeah, I feel like, well, you know, just go ahead and knock it out now. I mean, I mean it's not yeah, not that much yeah. <laughs> of a, a, a difference time, time-wise. So. 
that's that's a good thing too that you're doing it because like some people have argued me on like they're already CRNAs and we have kind of sort of a debate as to why there's a benefit of having a DNP, but you see a lot of previous CRNAs that are diplomas, right? That I would probably be the last generation of uh, CRNAs that, you know, maybe, I think they're kind of finishing up their careers, most of them. Mm -hmm. So they get grandfathered in and they're doing a good job. They've been doing it for so long, but you probably are best keeping up with the new and upcoming, you know? If that's exactly. the new standard, and um, I don't think DNP in general at this point has something of a, you know, where it looks. So here's here's the two things when you're a CRNA. They're going to look at you as a new experience, uh, as a new CRNA, either having a DNP or master's. But if you have better experience, they're probably going to go with a master's at this time. Mm-hmm. However, as the time goes by and you have DNP and experience, I'm sure that will start outweighing someone who has a lesser degree. That's just kind of my opinion, I think. But yeah, it's I agree. Good to I get mean, that done. I feel like it's, it's kind of like the same thing now with, um, you know, RNs. I mean, pretty much yeah. everywhere, you know, request that you have a, a BSN. Um, you know, I'm in yeah. a, a, a small town like north of LA where, you know, our hospital, they accept people with, you know, associate's degrees, and most of them are. However, you know, for those nurses who want to go down to LA and, and work in maybe bigger hospitals and stuff like that, they they can have 15, 20 years of experience, but, you know, in this magnet hospital, they're not going to hire them. <laughs> oh, know, really? Because, yeah, because they don't have a bachelor's degree. Wow, I didn't know there was that, that much of a deal. Now, I know bachelor's mm-hmm kind of started when I was in nursing school like it was starting to become important but I didn't know that experience it's outweighing experience it seems uh, that's good yeah. I mean it should so, be yeah, that it just depends. way yeah, it just depends on the facility but yeah you know the, the, yeah. the facilities that are kind of you know trying to be more progressive um, yeah they either won't hire you or if they hire you you know they'll say hey you have to have your bachelor's degree within two years or something like that so yeah. Um, that's, that's the way have you looked at? Now. Yeah. Have you looked at a lot of jobs that you're? I, I'm sure, considering you're planning, you know, seem like you're a step ahead. Um, have you looked at many jobs that, or anything that you're considering? Are you going to come back to California to work? <laughs> um. So yeah, like you said, you know, I'm definitely planning. I've been looking at jobs for like four, <laughs> like four years now. Oh really? Every day. Yeah, every day I'm wow. pretty much on. Um, either gas work or USA jobs or something like that, you know, just looking at yeah. the options out there. Um, as far as where I end up, I'm I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, debating on, you know, what I want. I know that it seems like I'm not going to be able to get everything I want. So I understand that. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, you know, the factors are going to be location, obviously salary and probably practice type. And, um, you know, I think if I can probably get at least two of the three, then, then I'll, um, I'll be satisfied. So that's awesome, uh, man. You, yeah. You're, you really have like, I, I'm very like, I'm, I'm honestly very impressed on how much research you've done. So that advice that, or the, th- the three things that you just mentioned, I didn't even consider those till I was out of school. 
And one of the mm-hmm. anesthesiologists that I did my rotations with, and very nice guy, I actually were, ended up working with them. It was uh, it wasn't a supervised practice or anything. We're just a team, you know, team model. We're just working side by side uh, mm-hmm. in our own anesthesia practice. They didn't come and bug you much or anything. Uh, but he had recommended that you, you know you need to write down the things that you are consider most important when you graduate out of school, and then you're gonna decide and you know um, decide on that on where you think the best opportunity is for you. Because as a student, man, I, I I tell you when you graduate, most of the students, even the ones in my class that I talk to, the priority is money, because mm-hmm. like you know you'll have loans, you have you're finally done getting out of a, a two-year, three-year of schooling where you didn't make anything, and now you're actually about to make something, so you want to get the best of it. But then you start considering other things. Well, do you do you want to have a place where you can actually practice what you learn? Exactly. And when you start looking at that, then you got to consider, am I going to be able to get the location I want? And mm-hmm. most often, it's not. Yeah. So... Are you gonna? Then you're gonna have to play that game. Or well, what do I consider more important? Now, if you're mm-hmm. a family person, you know it may be that, hey, I, I'm gonna have kids. I want I want to be out of a rural area. I can't do that. So, that's mm-hmm. good. That's really. I don't know. Like, are you? Um. Are there like? Uh, is this a military nursing uh, background that? kind of made you be super disciplined i'm sure it had a lot to do with it but i mean i'm seriously very impressed like there are students that are midway dude they have no clue Mm -hmm. i don't know where i'm gonna work and they come in like you know or some of them most often i'll see they'll come in and their clinical attitude will be like well i don't need to learn or go into the depth in the books because i'm going to be in a supervised practice which is a horrible way of thinking when you go to school Because when you get sued in a room where there's an anesthesiologist, a CRNA, and a surgeon, the easiest one to put under the bus is you. Meaning if you don't know your shit, they're going to put you under and you're going to be the one in trouble and you won't have a place to defend yourself at because you didn't know any of the stuff to defend, you know, because you gave it up. So how, like, you've always been that way. I can, I can kind of, I can kind of guess on that right yeah I, I think so um i mean i think the military may have maybe have have helped it but um i think yeah it's just my my personality i've always always been you know a planner i've always you know been forward thinking i've always um you know wanted to to be the best in whatever job um that's you know, great. that i have so yeah, it just it's just carrying on into into anesthesia, hopefully. So, yeah, you know, like I said, and I feel too like if you if you're going into something for the right reasons, yeah, then you'll have the you have a commensurate amount of motivation behind it, you know, versus going yeah. into it just for the money or just for the prestige or something like that. If you're going into something because you really value it, you really have an interest then that motivation mm-hmm. will match it will show so that's all yeah that's great i mean again not to overlook the money fact of course like i've been in situations where people have asked me if you're doing it for money and 
you know i'm not going to deny the fact you you got if again you're putting in your time and effort and you your primary focus should be patient safety as long as you're safe with your patients and you have the knowledge to be safe money will follow as a exactly. student my answer was a little more towards the money but as i've like grown into the profession i feel like um that's not something i'm as much concerned about it uh, because i've noticed and been to places where money is stretched out to where it seems like yeah it's i i want the money but you know like right now at this place the safety is being stretched out so it's a very fine line but as long as you keep safe and you're taking care of your patient and you are well knowledgeable um you know you have the education to support that the money will follow like your long- longevity of your career is protected that way and you won't risk it for some cheap thrills you know so yeah and i think you that's know, awesome people, yeah until they until they have an experience to where you know they can see that the money is not worth it you know they'll continue to go yeah. after money and with me i've been in situations where you know i've i've done things just for money and been completely unhappy so i think yeah. you know life is the is the best teacher you know experience is the best teacher so i i learned that that's lesson great. A, f- a few years ago so Well, any tips you want to give to people that are looking into being um, CRNAs or anything that you want to ask, or um, any suggestions that you have in mind for the people that want to take the same path as you have? Um, my advice is just to you know do your due diligence. You, um, you know, research the program, research the profession, make sure it's something that you want to do, and and put the work into it. You know, don't. don't do the um you know don't do the bare minimums and just figure out how you can um separate yourself from all the other applicants you know everybody's going to have ICU experience everybody's going to you know probably have a CCRN um things of that nature you have to figure out how on on paper you know how are you going to stand out among others and i think that's the um you know the biggest the biggest challenge you know once you you get in person you have a a face to face interview you know your personality will show but prior to that you have to figure out a way of how you're going to separate yourself from others on paper um mm. but that's that'll be my biggest advice and i do have a few questions for you though yeah sure so how long have you been a crna and um you know what type of uh, practice environments have you been in Yeah, I think man, I, I think this will really tell you that uh, I'm not I'm not kidding about how impressed I am with your with, with how you've planned this because when I was a student or when I was a nurse, I was in med surge for about um 6 months right after graduation and I was getting sick of the monotony. Um more so the fact that there were a lot of things that you hear about, you know, magnet hospitals and I was fairly young so I was getting kind of getting frustrated with that whole like hey you say that you have a certain uh standard that you meet but when you actually start working that's not what it's you know what it is mm-hmm. so i had a lot of issues right away with like my nursing background so i went into icu soon after graduating about 6 months and i think the time was different as to when i graduated than you because there was a lot less 
competition at that time. So um, I went into ICU and I really started liking nursing. You know, I was enjoying the the whole um, learning, you know, taking care of critical patients. And then I wanted to go back to, I started getting bored of that. I wanted to go back to med school. I was volunteering for that, you know, getting my community hours, uh, preparing for MCAT and stuff. And one of the docs I worked with, he suggested that I'm taking a step backward because I had already been in BSN, almost done with it. So he said, it's good that you have that, but he said, why don't you just proceed with the nursing career and do something like a CRNA? And I, that's the first time I found out about it. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, um, I had been in like discussions with him, with him back and forth, started doing some research, but I, I, I would say that I didn't do as thorough research as you did. So mm-hmm. I applied kind of basically pushed into it. I was still fairly young and, um, I got into the program and I started doing more research at that time, which should have been backwards. But then I started the school and I was blown away. I mean, how much I was learning, I was, I'll tell you, like, I was just like, where was this during nursing school? <laughs> I really missed that. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, sometimes you just need that. You don't want your brain to go stale thinking of the same thing over and over. And you know how nursing can be sometimes you can have, this monotony where you're doing the same thing over and over. And yeah. I was glad to be out of that, even though I was getting really stressed out by it. Mm-hmm. I was so freaking amazed by it. So I got my interest into anesthesia. And that's really when I was like, man, this is it. And um, when I went to clinicals, I had primarily uh, my experience was independent CRNA practices. I think the only one I went to, were, there were two I went to that had an, uh, actually there were three sites out of the five that I went to were MDA. There were MDAs. However, there was only one that was medically managed. So I had primarily independent CRNA practice, you know, where okay. either you worked with an anesthesiologist or they didn't, they, they didn't supervise you, you kind of did your own thing. Um, so that was one thing that I, knew right away going to clinicals i i don't want to do this un- unless i get that you know mm-hmm. because it is very different if you do it the other way around and my medically managed clinical site was the last one and i really didn't like it at all like um and i think it was overdone it's okay. not how probably all of them were but it was too man too micromanaged and i didn't like that i felt like They don't let you think, they don't let you do anything. So I had made up my mind at that time that I only want to do roles, um, independent sites. So ever since I've been graduated, ever since I graduated, I've always done, I've never worked under an anesthesiologist. I work alongside with them and I've enjoyed it, but I've never worked under them. And um, that's really how my career has been so far right now I'm working in a rural place and I, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a very good schedule. Um, the work is awesome. You, you get some challenges, you get some nice days, you get the variations of doing different of, types of anesthesia. What kind of cases um, do you do? Um, mostly bread and butter or it's just, 
yeah it's a level three trauma where i'm at but um and it's it's on native land so okay. indian health services it's an indian health services site so mm, you still get you know quite a bit of experience with that mm-hmm. um, but generally they're orthopedic OBGYN, uh, yeah, bread and butter cases. We do some pediatric dental stuff. Um, I do quite a bit of regional. We do fair fair amounts of OB. It's not overwhelming, so I think that's just the right amounts. And then I'm glad that I have OB and pediatrics. So I think that's something that I I kind of fell into, but I'm glad I did. Always make sure you have the basics checked. You know, regional is a big thing. Uh, I, almost every site you go to, they will look for that, especially if you're doing independent practice, you know, they're going to want you to be, uh, f- you know, experienced in that. Okay. On top of that, you should be comfortable with pediatrics and OB, like epidurals and stuff and spinals. And yeah. once you have those, I think you can build upon the rest because okay. generally anything um, critical like cardiac and neuro is protocol based. I'm not saying they're easy. I'm mm-hmm. saying you have a format usually. Okay. Um, so when you get into those things, if you have the right setting, you can learn those again. Okay. And again, I'm sure there are a lot of people that will disagree with that, but um, that's just what I think that you you be able to do that. So if you get the basics in, um, that are giving you opportunities in 90% of the the anesthesia market, you're more, you know, useful. You're more um competitive and you'll do better i think so that's that's kind of where i ended up being but looking back at it i'm glad i i am there you know so you said you're in a a rural area like how how far are you from like a a major um, or no like a like a a, um a decent sized city is about an hour from me i don't have any kind of um uh, you know, things to go out to eat on. There are some restaurants, but it's pretty, it's fairly rural. I don't, okay. I wouldn't say like, it's, it's not easily accessible. And the last, uh, the, the other places I've worked at, there, this is probably the most rural I've, I've been. Um, but the other two sites, they've been, they've been fairly kind of out, out outside of the city limits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I kind of figured I think that. that um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I think that that's kind of expected, though. Like, um, like you, 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 you said it perfectly. If you're looking for independent practice or autonomy, you may have to compromise on location, which is which is what happened in my case. Um, also, if you're looking for salary, then you may have to compromise on location. If you're generally working under someone, then your salary most likely won't be as much as because it's generally in um, in a larger metropolitan. You know they don't pay mm-hmm. you that much. So yeah, I, I you're right about that. Yeah, conceded that that's probably gonna probably gonna be the case. I'm just hoping that um I'm hoping that maybe I can be like within because I don't have to live in a major city or anything, but. I just don't want to no. be too, too rural. So I'm hoping maybe like an hour, I, I don't, hour and a half, you know, from a, a decent size metro to be able to get, you know, the because I think practice type um, 
is probably going to be one of the one of the most important yeah. things to me. Yeah. I I, I don't think uh, you. I mean, it's not. Um, it's not something you can't find. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are many of my colleagues and my coworkers that have even switched jobs to a place where they have better access to a, a city. But you're right. Like uh, to me, it didn't matter. I'm not, I'm not um, super outgoing, and you know, it makes sense for me to be at a place I'm at mm-hmm. um, because an hour long drive to go out to eat and get stuff is not really that bad for me because it honestly helps me out, keep my expenses in check. On top of that, um, it, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not careless with my money generally if I do that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes having access to those things is, is bad too, but yeah, then sure, I'm in a different true. situation than, uh, you maybe, you know, where you, if you have kids or, you know, then I definitely think things might be different for me. Right now, I don't have kids like you, so it makes mm-hmm. it a little easier to manage as you know, as adults to be in a situation like this. But yeah, I, I totally understand. Sometimes I've been kind of pushy with students, like, man, you're a good student. Why are you doing something where you're going to be working under my managed practice? But then again, everyone has their own reasons, so that's true. I backed off on that. That's true. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, man, this has been great, Albert. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and, you know, giving such great advice to the people that are going to follow you because you're one of the few people I've actually talked to that have that right mindset. And, you know, I'm not against saying money is not important, but you have the right reasons to get to the money. It's not you look at the money and then you stumble on something while you're looking up, you know? (laughs) So exactly. You're one of the few, man. I would really suggest you keep that attitude and you're not going to have a problem. And, uh, you know, this was a great talk and I really hope you keep in touch. And if you ever need anything or, um, you know, anything I can help out with, you know, you'd be sure to ask. I really appreciate it. I will, and thank you for having me, and um, I'm sure we'll definitely uh, be in contact soon. Thank you for everything. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you again. Um, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a good night. You too, man. All right. Bye-bye.